0: that this morning. And the question this morning for us is, how can we be a church that Jesus would be proud of? The ecclesia, the the gathering of Jesus's believers. And I believe he gave us two big main responsibilities when we meet as a church. Now it ties in directly with what he's calling every individual to be a part of. There's two things that we all know of. And we're going to talk about that this morning, that we have a responsibility. And um, we're going to go to the book of Mark. In Mark chapter 1, this is Jesus as he's building his first church, as he is, he's getting his church started. He's building his first disciples. He's calling his first members of the followers of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. In Mark chapter 1, it says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, who later he renamed to Peter. So this is going to be one of his main disciples, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. So Jesus called out to them. He said, come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. And it says that they left their nets at once and they followed him. Now, this is what I want you guys to catch this morning. There's a responsibility in the calling that Jesus has for the local church, for the universal church, and for each of our individual lives really remains the same. It's right in line with what he says later on in Matthew, about what is the greatest commandment, someone asks him. And he says, there's two things you got to know. You got to love God with everything you got, and you got to love the people in this world around you, and they're equally important. And basically, all of the law, the prophets, everything you read in that fat old Bible of yours, everything is based on those two commands. That's the simplicity of the gospel message. That's what Christians are all about. And he calls these two people, this is interesting, From the very beginning, as he's making disciples and followers of him, it's really the same words, right? Love God and love others. He says this, follow me. So our first responsibility is to follow Jesus, is to love him, is to deny everything else and go, everything that you got, I want. And the second thing is, is that that I will make you into fishers of men. He says, I'll teach you how to fish for people. You know what that is? That's that we're out there going after other people, loving on other people, so they could have that same relationship with Jesus as well. That's the simple simplistic message of the gospel. Love God and love other people. And so I want to talk about that this morning because I believe it really is a simple, it's, it's what we do on an individual level that we know that we're at a right place in our maturity with Christ if we're doing both of those two things. My daughter went away this summer for a couple months. She, we, um, we went on a trip a couple months ago in California, and we left her behind with my mother and, mother-in-law and father-in-law, Kanani's parents. She stayed in Huntington Beach, and it was a good opportunity for her to get a couple months of kind of uh, independence kind of just working on like who she is and kind of a break from her little brother and little sister and mom and dad and just kind of see what life's got to offer. She went to scout a few colleges. She looked around in Southern California and it was just a a good time for her. And in the midst of it, God was doing something in her life. And she was growing in her her walk with Jesus. And, you know, I'm the kind of guy that's like a pastor, but I don't want to force any extra pressure on my kids. I don't want anyone to put on them like, oh, you got to be perfect because your dad's a pastor and you're going to be one too and all that. I don't like that. I believe that God calls us all individually and he speaks to us, right? So I I give my my kids room. I encourage it, but I, I let them find Jesus on their own to a certain extent. And so she called me up not too long ago while she was still in California towards the end of her trip. And she it was amazing because I, I see what Jesus is calling every individual to do that she was she was growing into maturity in that is that she was going, Dad, I just been letting God speak to me and I've been going to youth group over here and I went to this camp over here and, and I just have all this time on my hands and she goes, Dad, you don't even know. Some days I'm reading the Bible for like two, three hours at a time. I'm like, What? Whose kid are you? You know, when I was your age, no, but but here she is. She's digging into the word of God. And you know what? As she's coming to God and loving Him, she's receiving. She started to receive all of this, like, God speaking direction in her life and calling in her life and growth and that she knows that she's supposed to, she's gifted in certain areas to reach out to other people, especially to a younger generation, and she's going, Dad, I'm receiving so much. People are speaking prophetic words over me. I'm in my Bible. God's showing me this. God's showing me that. And I'm, like, on the other end of the phone, like, just, like, tearing up, like, man, this this is what every Christian should be doing. And she's digging into the things of the Lord. But on the other hand, there comes a part two of the responsibility that you cannot miss today. She's getting involved. She's not just receiving from God, but now she's going, I'm giving. And so here's what she says. God, I, or dad, I feel like I'm called when I come back home. I'm going to get more involved with the junior high girls and I want to mentor them and I want to give them Jesus and God's opened doors for me in my school and like certain friends that I want to just do a better job of reaching people for Jesus. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm on the phone. Are you kidding me? And she goes, I checked out all these schools, you know, for where I could go to college. She goes, I I checked out Point Loma. And I'm going, Oh no, Point Loma. And I'm just singing, cha-ching, cha-ching, dollar signs. And I go, yeah, and and she she goes, no, you know, Point Loma looks so cool and so awesome, and they have so much, but it looked like it would distract me from my studies and from what God wants for my life. So I'm I'm deciding not to go to Point Loma. I'm like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, so what? Winward for a couple years? Come on, that's what I want, right? Why not, right? Core classes, get them out of the way, thousands of dollars cheaper. But she goes, no, I th- I'm thinking about going to um, Life Pacific Bible College. And I was like, what? That's the college that me and her mom both graduated from. But we never push our kids to that. You go where we went. It's awesome. We just, wherever God wants. And she goes, I feel like I want to do missions work, and I want to do ministry, and maybe worship, and God just wants to use me. I'm going to use my gifts. And I'm thinking, now that is the picture that God is calling every single one of us, is that we'd be receiving from God at all times. Get all that you can get. But on the other hand, that we're outwardly looking and going, God, how can I serve you and reaching other people? Is that good? And so my, wife, my my daughter, she's only 17, right? So she's still got a way to go in her maturity, but she's on the right track. And I believe that that's what God wants for us. But he wants that for our church as well. And so I want to give you like a little phrase today that talks about the two things that I believe us as a local church that we're designed to be. As well as the universal church, the individual Christian But what should our church look like that would make Jesus proud? Two things we ought to do. Now, here's the phrase I want you to write down, okay? It's a little rhyme we came up with. Church is where we gather to get and cast the net. Got that? First one, gather to get and cast the net. It's a little phrase we came up with. Pastor Tom actually came up with. So if it's a bomb, blame it on Tom. (laughs) If you don't like it, blame him. But... Gather to get and cast the net. And we're going to explore what that means. And I believe it's so heavy what Jesus made in that original statement, which was so short and we're going, that's all we're going to talk about here today? Yes, that's all we're going to talk about because it's powerful. It's meaningful. It's the, it's the kingdom of heaven in a nutshell, what we're supposed to be doing. When he told those people, those guys, those brothers, hey, follow me, and I'm going to show you how to fish for people. It says, we gather together as a church, we gather together, to get, And that's what I want to talk about right now is Jesus was saying right here, follow me. And follow me in the context of the local church because as you follow me, as you, the first point is gather to get. That means we get together because we receive better together than we do on our own. Now, I'm not saying that the Christianity isn't a personal thing between you and Jesus because it absolutely is at the core. But Jesus designed us, God created us in a way that we're supposed to do it together that he's all about relationships and that we are stronger and better and we actually receive more from him when we're doing it together. You can be a Christian and go to heaven by having a relationship with Jesus Christ and not being a part of a local church. However, you're missing out on all that God has designed by being in a family, a gathering of believers, by coming to church weekly, by getting in connect group, by, by having Christian friends that you fellowship with, that you grow with. There's a lot that you cannot get or receive or experience as a Christian on your own, isolated from the rest of the body of Christ. You got to know that. Think about it. You came here this morning. Any of you in your own house during the week, do you think you could worship as well as what we got to experience in here? Now, I'm not putting this down because I know that there's quiet time before the Lord and you can receive, but when I try to sing songs on my own, it's horrendous. Like it's, It's bad. I'm over here. You make me brave. You know, it's like terrible. But when I come in here and I hear all of you and I hear Sabrina's voice of heaven and Aaron leading us, suddenly I'm like feeling like I'm in the presence of God and this is good and there's strength in numbers and my worship is that much stronger because we're doing it together. There's some aspects of our Christian faith and experience that are just better when we're all together. Amen? See, you can't experience the actual physical touch of God until you get around God's people that can physically love on you and pray for you and encourage you and say, hey, Carl, you know what? You, you kind of messed up over there. I'm going to bring some accountability, but in a way that's delivered in love, that I care about you, that I support you, that kind of a touch, God goes, it works best when my kids do it to each other. Now, I can bless you and I can give you miracles because I'm God, but I love to use you in one another's lives. There is a value to the local church. And the first value is that same thing, is we gather to get more of God. That it's a place where we experience the love of God firsthand through other people. There's just certain aspects of it we can't get on our own. And so we got to see the value that part of coming together is that There's promises that God says that he says, hey, if you press into me and you do it all together in that group of my kids, you're going to receive more than, than you ever thought possible before. There's a verse that I love in Jeremiah, um, chapter 33, verse 3, where God is talking to Jeremiah the prophet. And Jeremiah the prophet, his job as a prophet is to guide people, God's people, the children of Israel, back into relationship with him. Keep on living for God and he will bless you. And so Jeremiah is out there and he's, he's speaking words for God. But there's a point where he's crying out and he's going, God, give me the words to say. I, I, I need to seek you. I need to know your, your words, your will for these people right here. And as he's calling out to him, um, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, God answers him. And he says this to Jeremiah, God speaking. He goes, Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty, mighty things which you do not know. And see, it's the same with us in our lives today. Is that when we call out, when we do the first part of what Jesus commanded those two brothers, follow me, lean into me, call out to me, press into me, come together with the body of Christ, seek my name, seek my face, I'm going to blow your mind, to paraphrase Jeremiah. I'm going to show you great and mighty things which you've never seen before and you cannot even understand. I'm going to blow your mind, but you have to press into me. So when we come together as a local church, there is value. That we're here getting a word from scripture. That we're leaning in in worship. That we're getting together as other believers to go, let's help each other follow Jesus and let's get there together. Because he's going to blow your mind. I read some of the the praise reports that you guys turn in every week. And you know what it is? It's a bunch of people with minds blown. Going, I never thought I would have a job like this. But I prayed and this brother from, from my connect group hooked me up and whatever. However it worked prayers are being answered, minds are being blown because we serve a mighty God. And as we press into him together, he actually does stuff in our lives. Can you guys imagine that? He actually is who he says he is. And I see as as we press in together and it's it's team effort, Like people are going, my marriage is falling apart. And what do you see? You see the family of God coming together, the team, the local church going, no, you can do this thing. No, I'm not going to side with you or your wife. I'm going to side with your marriage and with God, and we're going to fight this thing together. And I'm going to pray for you every day, and I'm going to back you up, and I'm going to help you find counseling, and I'm going to get you books to read. We're working together. We're stronger together than we are individually. Amen? And so this is what we do as a church is that we would come together. We would make gathering together a priority because we get a lot from Jesus. You know, one of the things that I love that we get from being in the body of Christ, we get to experience his grace firsthand. Pastor Tom was telling me a story the other day um, of the grace that he experienced in this church. And I'm not just talking about his wife named Grace, who he married, but literally the feeling of God's grace through God's people is, there's a picture that comes up on my phone whenever Pastor Tom calls me. Can we show that picture really quick? This is his caller ID when he pops up. This is from like 2006 and he's got a broken wrist. And there's a story behind that that was before he got married to Grace, his, his current wife, they were dating and he was at his house in Kailua in his apartment and he was on the phone calling or talking to Grace, his Either girlfriend or fiance at the time, and they were getting into a little bit of a fight. Can I just say that? Pastors fight with their spouses too, okay? But he was getting into a fight and it got heated and it got hot. And you know what Pastor Tom did is he kind of lost it. He saw his door, he was angry, and he punched his door <laughs> in anger. And he knew immediately as he's like yelling on the phone. Rah, 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 he said this. He goes, I just told Grace, Yeah, hey, I gotta go. I gotta drive myself to the hospital. I'll talk to you later. Sure enough, his wrist was broken, and he went and he got x-rayed, and he came out with us that night. He was supposed to eat dinner with us or something, and him and Grace were supposed to come, but he came alone that night with a broken wrist because they were fighting and the whole deal. And then here's the funny part is he had to show up later on that week to preach at the what we used to have as the Saturday night service. He was called to preach. He drives up to church with this new cast on, feeling super dumb, feeling super ashamed, embarrassed, and going, I'm a pastor and I lost it in anger and I broke my wrist doing something stupid. Now I have to go and preach to people and tell them about how to live their life. And he said he literally sat in his car in the parking lot for 15 minutes, like throughout the whole worship thing, just sitting there going, God, this is so shame. I'm such a failure. I'm such a a mistake. I'm supposed to be a pastor and I sinned in my anger. I sinned and I punched and I did this and I have to go and preach your word right now. And he said he got up the the courage to do it. He had to do it. I wasn't around. He was the only preacher. He had to do it. He shows up and he preached. And he said the amount of grace he felt that weekend from God's people that didn't judge him and didn't say, how dare you call yourself a pastor and you sin in your anger and you do this. But the fact that he could say, I'm a work in progress and God's grace covers me. But to know that God's people showed him grace and loved on him. He's telling the story and he was tearing up even like seven years later because he goes, The church is an amazing place that gives grace. Now, I don't know how many of you would say the same, that sometimes it's hard to come and be around people in your connect group, hard to be here this morning because you know you screwed up. Let me tell you something. The beauty of the local church is that it's God's people representing God and giving God's grace to broken people, to messed up people, amen? How many of you have felt that before? Let's be honest. It's hard to come to church. You're ashamed. You're scared. And yet when you come, you start to realize that this is what it's all about here. I've been through some stuff in my own life, and I try to share and be to to an extent as transparent as I possibly can be around here. And you know what I love? It's that people don't come to me and they criticize me. I can't believe you went through a hard time. You're supposed to be a pastor. You're supposed to model that to us. I love that I'm in church where people go, thank you for being real because you allow us to be real. We are stronger together when we are real and honest with each other than we are hiding away from the church feeling guilty on our own. Amen? That's the beauty of the local church. So we gather to receive all that God has for us. But here's the second thing, right? I said we gather to get from God because he wants to give us. It's not selfishness. I'm coming after you, God, because I want all that you have. Jesus goes, that's exactly what I want. I have so much to give you in your life. Would you let go of everything else, please, and just come together and seek me because I just want to give you some stuff. So we do gather to get, but here's the other part of it is we got to cast the net. Gather to get, cast the net. That says the other part of that great, commandment is so we love God but we got to love other people. There's a job for us to do. Now that we have received, we are to freely give and to bless other people in the world around us. And we need to be reminded of that. Cuz if I think there's anything lacking in our church and I don't think we're we're terrible or anything like that, I would just say a reminder and an encouragement is that we're not just here to receive and get blessed, but we're, we're here to get equipped and trained so that we can go out there and bless the community around us, that we can love on the people that are sitting in church around us right now, that we can make a difference in this world, that Jesus could go, I am proud of Hope Chapel Hebe and every member because they're doing something. They're casting that net. He said, fish for people. That means be involved in bringing other people to Jesus. Galatians 6.10, interesting verse. Paul writes to the church at Galatia, the local body of believers. He says, Therefore, whenever we have this opportunity, we, meaning we're all part of this church together, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. That's interesting that he says, especially to those in the family of faith, the local body of believers. Because he's not saying, I don't want you to go out there into all the world and and share the good news. He's just saying, make it a special intention to do it well in your local gathering So that, here's the deal, so that you have credibility with those you're trying to bring into that local gathering. See, if people don't see the good and the blessing and the benefit of your church and how you treat each other, then why would anybody want to join? Why would anybody want to come to Hope Chapel if we don't have it right ourselves and we're not loving one another and serving the body and blessing one another here? Why would I want to be a part of that? Are you guys feeling me on that? If we don't get it right first then how's anybody else supposed to be attracted to that? See, I want us as a local church body to be the kind of family that other people want to be a part of. Do you have the kind of physical family outside in your normal day-to-day that other people who don't have a good family life would say, man, I wish I had a family like yours? That, that should be our goal, but it should be our goal within the church as well. When I was just out of high school and I was about 18, 19 years old, Um, I was still living at home and I think I was going to UH for like a semester and I was working and whatever I was doing, I was just living life. I was involved in the church and leadership and stuff. And I had a friend that was about my age, same age, like 19 or something. And his family life wasn't so good. He was a friend from church. He was a Christian, but his family life was just, it was strained at the moment. There was stuff going on with the parents and each other and the kids and there was dysfunction and it was hurtful and it was hard for him to be in that. And yet he saw what I had in my family so so much impacted on his life that he actually came to me one day and he goes you think I could just live with your family for a little while because mine is really jacked up and there's stuff going on and I think it would be better that I'm out and I want what you guys have. Can I be a part of your household for a little while? And so my parents are like, what's going on? And they found out. And we talked to his parents and everything about it. And they were all okay with it. And so guess what? I got like a new roommate for about a year. I got a new brother. And we're like 19 years old. And we had bunk beds, the whole deal. Like 19, 20-year-old kids on bunk beds every night. Good night, you know? It's funny. But... Him spending his time with us, it did something for his life. It got him on track, and he was really involved in church, and it did some good stuff. And eventually, he did find the time, and he grew past the, the heartache, and he moved out. I think he might have got his own place or whatever, and it all worked out. And he's a good, strong brother and believer today. He's moved away. But here's the thing. is that He saw something in my family that was right, that was good, that he said, man, that looks so good. I want to be a part of it. Guys, hearing what I'm saying here today? When Galatians is saying you gotta cast the net and you gotta love other people and you gotta reach out beyond yourself, it starts right here. It starts in us loving and serving one another. And it starts with us being the kind of family that shows grace to one another so that the outside world, then when we offer it to them, they understand that. So I want us to be the kind of family that others wanna be a part of. So what we're gonna be talking about right now is this actually. Take this card out. You probably sat on it or threw it in somewhere. Get it out right now. It's for a reason. Because I believe that Jesus is saying to us as Christians here today as a church, you got to be involved. It's one thing to sit and to get. You gather to get. That's great. God wants to give you. But there's a whole other thing where he says part of the responsibility is you got to cast a net. you got to be involved in people's lives. you got to get out there. Haven't we just been hearing in week after week in church, Miles McPherson, do something. Uh, Pastor Nick and Tom last week, be salt and be light. Get to know your neighbors. All of this stuff we've been hearing. Get out there in the community. Laundry love. Love one another. Well, today's somewhat of a culmination of that where we actually, as God's people, his local gathered church, get a chance to say, I'm going to do something about what I've just heard and what God's convicting me of. I realize that being a Christian isn't just about me receiving. That's the first part, because Jesus freely, generously gives to me. But the second part is that I'm supposed to get involved, and I'm supposed to do something. And so I want you to take this card out and take a look at this. And, and if you're already involved in the church or the community or whatever you're doing, and you're going, I'm kind of busy, I'm doing some good stuff, awesome. Praise God. Thank you for being a part of the team. But if you're someone that recently has been sitting here and God's been speaking to you going, you need to get a little bit more involved. Come on, go to that men's conference. You know what? Go start a connect group. Go jump in someone's connect group. You know, there's a lot of community outreach ideas that we've got planned. Why don't you start showing up to some of that stuff? Why don't you get involved? Because this church needs to grow, but we don't have enough ushers. We don't have enough greeters. We don't don't have enough people running media. We don't have enough children's church teachers. We don't have enough people running all of that if we're going to grow. We have enough for right now. But if we want to grow, we need to get more. And so today is actually a call out for us as Christians to take advantage of an opportunity to get involved in more ways than we have been. Hear my heart on this one. This isn't like a just church recruitment day. This isn't like, oh, we want to put numbers in our thing and we want to look good. It's not about that. It's about the heart. It's about us as Christians going, where's an opportunity for me to do something? We often find so many people that come up to this church and what they're looking for is not just a good word, not just good worship, but... Do you have any opportunities for me to do something meaningful with my life? Because that's what Jesus has planted in every one of us is that your life should have meaning when I'm laying in the hospital bed going, Jesus, are you proud of me? Are my kids proud of me? Is the people around me in my world proud? Am I doing all that I could do? Well, this is how we become a church. So I want you to look at this because there's a few areas that you can check off if you're not involved already. I don't want you to make a bigger deal about this than it has to be. Don't make it hard. This is simple stuff. One of the ways that we support this church is through tithes and offerings. And we need to learn to be people that are generous in doing that because we're giving to God's purposes in his kingdom. Somebody's got to pay the light bill around here. We've got a staff of about 15 to 20 that they need to to be compensated for all the hard work that they do for us to grow and expand and plant more service extensions and all that we do. It takes money. And so I'm thankful for all of, all of you that have learned the value of tithing and those that give offerings. It's like, that's one way to be involved with the church. Someone came up to me this, this week, blew my mind. Someone came up and said, hey, um, I just want to meet with you, Pastor Carl, and with Pastor Tammy. And we we're a little worried. We we're like, oh, no, do they need help? Are they bummed out? Do they want to have a hard talk? I hope they're not going to leave the church. Like, what do they want to come and talk about? And so we met her in my office and I'm just going to leave it anonymous because I know she's not out trying to get the limelight or the glory for this, but she shows up and I just want to bless you guys. I want to give you something. And we're like, okay, everything's cool. Yeah, everything's good. I just want to bless you. So she hands Tammy a check for the Women of Hope for $1,000 to say, I believe in the Women of Hope and all they're doing. Pastor Tammy, would you make sure that this goes to blessing that ministry that benefits me on the daily? I want to be involved with my church because I love my church. And we're just like, oh my gosh, wow, we thought we were you know, going to have a hard talk and here it is, a blessing. And she goes, Pastor Carl, for, for the rest of the church that I'm a part of, I have this check for you, $29,300 to bless my church. And I'm just like, oh, and literally I was like, what, what I mean, I was overwhelmed. I was like crying. I was like feeling like women of hope. Oh, this, is, oh, this is so touching, you know, and I was like, oh, I keep my office door shut so no one sees me. But I was like crying. And we got to pray for this awesome, amazing person that is involved in our church, that loves our church enough to say, I understand. I don't just receive from my church, but I'm called to give to my church because it's not just, Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay, label, name, brand, location. It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's his bride making a difference in this world. So I want to give to that. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, you can clap for that. So let me tell you this. Being involved could be financially. There's a lot of us that were like, I do my best and I give. But there are some people that have money, and the money is the gift that God has given them in abundance, and they're just looking for opportunities. Well, let me tell you this. Look for opportunities around here, that that you could be a part of what God is doing in this in this church and and in this world. Here's a an, here's another thing, we've listed on here is the in church ministries. That means the regular look like men's group, youth group, the, all that happens on weekend services. You know, we actually tallied up the numbers. It's probably about four to five hundred people that make church happen on the weekly, counting all the people that lead connect groups, all the people that are a part of volunteer teams and ministries, everything that happens on the weekend services, the parking, the greeters, the ushers, the children's church teachers, the people counting the money in the back room, the people that you don't even see in the back running cameras and all of this stuff takes a lot of people, but maybe you're going, hey, I could do some of that. Maybe I I could be a part of that. Then we're asking that you would fill out this card right here and at the end of the service that you would drop it in the offering basket as it goes by. And I want to invite you especially to a meeting this Tuesday night. We have a monthly leaders meeting that we call Equip around here. And it's all leaders, leaders in this church that come here and we talk and we equip one another and we get stronger and we, we find out what's going on in the ministry. I want to invite anyone and everyone in the church this Tuesday night, 7 p.m. in this room to hear my heart for what this church is supposed to look like and what we're all about. And if you're just saying, I'm new to the church, I just want to get involved. I don't know how. I don't know in what way, shape, or form. Maybe your gift is cooking we could use you to bless other people by making food. There's a lot of ideas that we have, but maybe it's the in-church ministries, but maybe it's the community outreach, the laundry love thing that you saw. We've got that going on. In fact, our youth group is doing laundry love today in a laundromat in Kaneohe. They're reaching out to people today at one o'clock. So maybe it's that, maybe it's going into the care homes, maybe it's community cleanups, feeding the homeless, August 22nd, we're doing a Feed the Homeless at Waimanalo Beach Park. I know the men will be at the men's conference, but a lot of women, men that can't make it to the conference, we're looking for people to come down there and to cook breakfast and to bless and to serve, and to get to know the homeless community at Wymanalo Beach Park. We're starting to look and find all the homeless in the local area. We're talking to the the police and asking, where do the homeless congregate? We want to be a blessing in the community. And if you say, that sounds good to me, I want to be involved in, in my local church, meeting the needs of the community, fill out this card, put it in the offering but come to the meeting this Tuesday night. There's some, We've got crazy ideas. There's someone in our church that started their own 501c3 nonprofit that just meets the needs of the, of the needy people in Hawaii. They've got an idea to do a baby shower for all the women and girls that are either in abuse shelters or incarcerated, that no one's ever going to throw them a baby shower. But guess what? Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay, Hope's Closet, some other servants of God that believe in the local church, we're going to throw them a baby shower. Isn't that cool? You want to be a part of that? Fill out this card. Come to the meeting this Tuesday night. We got all of these different ideas. We've adopted Castle High School to do projects for them. Ahui Manu, we want to bless them because they're hosting us every week. Right now, there's a service going on over there that Pastor Rob is preaching at that that school has let us in and we want to be able to bless them in that community. So all of this global ministry, we've got long and short-term mission trips that you can go on. We've got Compassion International where we sponsor over 1,200 kids. We've got She Rescue, a new thing that we're getting into. Um, bringing women freedom out of the sex slave industry and that whole ugliness that's there, we want to rescue some women. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but here's the plea, guys. Here's here's today's word is. Jesus is saying that every believer and every local church should be about his mission, that we're here to receive, but we're also here to give. We're here to get involved in one another's lives, starting in the church, in the community, and in the world. And so this is a way for us to be involved. See, church is at its best when God's people get involved with God's plans, that we don't just come, like I said, and we're bystanders. In in Christianity, there's no room for bystanders. You cannot just be a fan of Christianity. you got to be a player in the game. And so that's what we're talking about today. I want to end it with this story. This is just someone that's that's pretty near and dear to my heart. And um, he's involved in this church, but it's interesting how he's involved. He's really involved, and he does a lot of work, and you'll see him on the weekends and serving and and greeting and some different things, and he's involved in the media and and all of that kind of stuff. He loves the church, and he recently said, well, I've got some means to do something even bigger. I hear that Ahuimanu campus is really hot, because if you've been there, it's really hot, guys. It's like they designed the school, and they turned it like opposite where the trade winds blow, so you're just in there sweating, and bless all of the people that are there every single week because they are sacrificing to come to church because it's really hot. So this person in our church, the servant in, in this Polkella location said, I want to do something to bless them. And he came in earlier this week, the day before I got the other big checks, and he dropped the check for about, I don't know what it was, twelve to $15,000 to say, I would like to purchase air conditioners for that service over there so that those people are comfortable when they come to church because I don't want anything to get in the way of them finding Jesus Christ oh my gosh, that is someone that loves their church. And he goes, I don't even go there because I'm so busy serving here at my location, but I have a heart for them. And I said, why would you do this? Why are you so involved and why do you do this? And here's what he said, which I love. He goes, I came to church about three years ago and my life was a mess and it was far from God. And I heard a message that you preached, Carl that literally was the words of Jesus Christ to me in my life. And my life changed from that day I said yes to Jesus Christ. And I was lost that day I became found. And since then, my life has been turned upside down and tears of joy. And he goes, and every Sunday... When I sit in here and I hear people giving their heart to Jesus Christ, he goes, I'm overwhelmed with joy and I'm just weeping tears of joy because God is doing for someone else what he did for me. And this church is dedicated to having a heart for the lost. And he goes, so I am all about this church. I believe in this church and I'm involved. And if you would say, I believe in this church, this local gathering of God's people, I believe what he's doing here. I'm asking you today, would you join the team? Would you get involved? It can be the smallest thing in the world. It can be a huge thing. But would you be a part of what God is doing? Because God is about to do some big stuff through our church. And I want you to be a part of that. Is that a good word this morning? Amen, amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and um, you can turn these in in a minute here. But um, I want us to pray right now. And and I'm going to pray that we would be challenged to find a way to get more involved in the community of believers that God expects. Not for Hope Chapel's sake, but for the sake of Jesus and the kingdom. God, we come before you right now and we thank you for um, who you are and what you've done. Lord, we obviously do gather to get. We receive from you and you bless us in so many ways and we're so grateful. We're so blessed to receive all that you have for us but we also understand that there's an expectation that we would be the ones giving and getting involved in people's lives, starting in this church, but maybe even going out further outside into the community and into the the world around us. Lord, I pray right now that you would lead people in this church, in this room right now, Lord, to have a heart that says, I want to get involved. And Lord, that you would even direct them into who they are, their personalities, their skill set, their desires, wherever that area would be. Would you lead them towards that right now, Father God? I pray that we would be a church that is a spiritual force and an army in our community, that if our church was to stop existing tomorrow, that people would notice, that they would miss us, that they would understand that the community is not the same without us. Lord, that we want to have that kind of an impact. Why? Because Jesus, we just want to make you proud. We want you to be proud of us and who we are. So Lord, inspire us to get involved and show us how and where that would be. And right now, if there's anybody in the service with their eyes closed and heads bowed, that you would you would say, I, I want to get involved, but I, I don't even know if I'm really even in the family. I don't even know if I'm really officially a Christian. I know God, I've, I've known him, and maybe I've got some experience with religion, but, but to really know that you're fully and completely in is when you're just sold out and you say, Jesus, here's all of me, here's my heart, I want to follow you in every way and whatever that looks like. That's what it is to be a Christian, is that you would know and believe in your heart that Jesus did go to the cross to save you of your sins, to pay the price for your sin and wrongdoing so that you could have a relationship with God that you would believe that, but that you'd also be someone that confesses that with your mouth, that you would tell people and that your actions would live up to your words, that you would look like you follow him and that he's active in your life. So I wanna lead you in a prayer right now if that's you today and you're going, I need to say yes, man. I need to be a Christian. I want all that God has for me. I want my life to change. I wanna be involved. I wanna make the world a better place around me. Could God actually use me like that? The answer is yes, and he's been waiting for you to say yes. So right now, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray a prayer out loud I'm going to ask you to pray it quietly with me in your heart. God hears you. First step is believing in the heart. After service, you can go and tell someone, someone you came with or someone you know, hey, I'm a Christian now. I pray that prayer. They're going to be overjoyed. They're going to hook you up. They're going to plug you in. And life just got better. Eternity just got better because of that prayer. But what we're going to do is I'm going to pray the words out loud. You pray them quietly. I just want to know if you're here praying with me right now. How we're going to know that is I'm going to just count to three. Real simple. Everybody's eyes are closed and heads are bowed. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to make that decision with me right now before we pray that prayer. And I just want to know who I'm praying with. So on the count of three, if you would just raise your hand and say, yep, Pastor Carl, I want to be a Christian today. I want all that God has for me. Here we go. One, two, three. Two, three. Would you lift your hands and hold them up so I can see them? I see one person here. I see you. I see two over there. I see three. I see four. I see five. I see six. I see seven. Right there. Amen. Anybody else? At least seven people today. If I don't see you, just kind of wave at me. Thank you, God. Go ahead and put your hands down. At least seven people made that decision. But here's the prayer that goes with it. Now, you pray this in your heart, and you mean it with everything you got to God, because he's listening. He's all ears. He's so excited right now. Here's a prayer. Here's a prayer. God, right now, I pray that, Lord, you would just reach out to where I'm at, Lord, because I'm reaching out to you. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that they'd be forgiven and paid for so that I could know you and have eternity with you in heaven to look forward to. That, Lord, a new relationship and a new life starts right now as I say yes to you. God, I'm asking right now that you would forgive me of my sins, and you did that at the cross. I believe that you rose again from the grave, proving that you have power over death itself, But along with that, sin and shame and guilt and all of that on my behalf. So thank you, Father God. I believe in that. I receive that forgiveness and the new life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit as I'm a new creation. Lord, change my thought patterns, my heart, my desire so that I would have a heart for you. Lord, I pray that you would help me to read my Bible, that I would go to the local church and be fed and be blessed and see the strength in numbers. Lord, everything that you have for me, would you give it to me? Lord, I'm here to get and to receive from you because you want to give it. Thank you for changing my life, Lord, and show me how you could use my life to bless other people. Thank you for being my God from this day forward all the way into eternity. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. Amen. Let's praise God for those people right now. Amen.